Welcome to the Senior Catholic Podcast. This week we have uh, Trevor and myself, which would really is, is the same as we've had every week. Um. <laughs> if, you, if you're wanting a surprise or maybe like a special episode, this week's not for you. Turn in next week yeah. and see if you can get maybe. past. Maybe. Yeah, no. That'd be nice. But, uh, so we're here to talk about last night's topic of providence. Like, what does it look like to lean into God's providence, to see him as a good and faithful and generous father who wants to provide for our needs? Um, but <clears throat> if you listen to the last few podcasts, you know that there is work that we need to do before we get into the fun stuff. Truly, the first demonstration of God's providence is that you get to listen to us. Freestyle Ooh. before, before. <laughs> overstatement, um, but or understatement, depending on how this goes. Something like that. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. You choose a theme. What theme you want to do? Uh, the theme of the week is say to- less. Say more. Toys. Toys. Yeah. Okay. You, you and me first. We'll see how. We'll see. Okay. 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 <clears throat> and also, if you're a parishioner listening for the first time, uh, yes, we normally do this. Here we go. Toys, yeah, you know we play with the toys because we are boys, but we don't play with the dolls. No, the girls go to the malls and they buy the Barbies and they get them in large sizes. And I'm in McDonald's eating, eating fries with some shakes and you know I love it. Got that cookie bake, that easy bake oven. And you know I get that bread on the daily by the dozen donuts. <laughs> daily donuts, I get this glaze, I love it. But back to the days when I used to play with Play-Doh, I love it. And I used to play with my little boy Elmo, little red man. Don't you understand? I love the Power Rangers and at the age of 12, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> We're covering a lot of things today. Um, toys? Okay, yeah. Wait, back it up, back it up. Mm. This is like the chorus part of the song. And now right. that I know the song. I'm just, the, it's just, yeah, it's hard. Okay, here we go. Huh. Okay, I like toys. It makes me feel like a child. And I haven't played with them for a while. I go in Alex's office and I see a Lego. And I'm like, man, that makes me feel like Ego. Waffles. Bring me back to eating as a kid. And I'm like, man, put on this bib. Crumbs going everywhere. Making me feel messy. But instead, I stay stressy. But Lord, fix it, make me blessy. Thank you for the grace. Eating all this Eggo waffle in my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, we dropped stressy, blessy, easy bake oven. We covered a lot of ground Eggo today. Eggo waffles, Legos. Eggo waffles. Uh, also, the, one of the reasons that's funny right there is because Trevor and I, we sometimes like to freestyle for fun um, in between praying and reading scripture. And and usually whenever we whenever we freestyle, it always comes back to food and just eating food. And I love that both of ours just came back to eating food. Just hey, the, the Lord will provide the manna from heaven, the Eucharist. I mean, he's, oh he's about food. Too. I know. I'm being serious. Yeah, he's yeah, about yeah, food yeah. Too. That's good. That's good. Come on. We did. We definitely talked about none of those things though. Well, it's like Eggo waffles, uh, supersized fries. Hey, um, got to make it approachable for this generation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. Uh, <laughs> Okay, are you ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Last so, <laughs> last night, Sister Maria's talk last night on providence, God's providence in our life, and two parts that she kind of broke it into. The first was an acronym that I'll share um, of how to kind of approach providence, and the second was her personal story, which I actually had not heard until yesterday, of how she ended up in Oklahoma, how she felt called by the Lord, and what the first few days were like here. Um, that have led now to like a, a booming 
ministry that's just a beautiful witness to the gospel and to Jesus' mercy. But the acronym, she said, was TRUST. And the, the T was for Thanksgiving. The R was for receptivity. The U is for union or unity with God, uh, neighbor, and yourself. The S was simplicity. And the T was for today, the present moment. So again, the T was for Thanksgiving. The R was for receptivity. The U was for union. The S was for simplicity. And the, the last T was for today, as in the, the present moment, trusting in the Lord for today. So that was the acronym. And then she got into uh, a few different nuggets when it comes to providence for us to remember and for us to uh, yeah, just be reminded of. And then her story. But Trevor, before we dive into anything specifically, is there anything that stood out to you personally from, from last night? I was just thinking about the fact when she was speaking that there's a certain um, there's a certain character, or I guess, or, or witness maybe that comes when when someone who's radically um, open to divine providence just kind of opens up, like how how it is that they come to like trust God in that way. Um, so like when she's sharing, you know, the part of her story, which are we planning on sharing it? Uh, yeah. Well, I feel I feel like we should give the Spark Notes version because it's her story, and so you, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta ask her sometime. Um, but basically, like her story of just feeling super called to be sent to Oklahoma, um, not knowing why, not knowing like how, you know, having to ask for permission from her her mother superior, and you know, eventually get permission from the Vatican to like go and to leave her her, her house, where I think she was at in Minneapolis at the time. Um, or she, I know she was in France. Anyway, to have to just go and take off for Oklahoma, not knowing why, and literally the, just the, the physical description when she's telling, like, yes. I'm, I'm on a bus or I'm standing outside a bus station with one bag, and I, and a I one way no, ticket, a one way ticket, and no plans at midnight. At midnight, that's crazy. Like it just it just makes you think and consider like how well one would I be able to do that, but two just do I live my life in such a way as, I, as I'm seeking to let God like interrupt my plans, essentially? Um, or I'm like trusting that God is actually desiring in every moment to do something. Um, I don't know, just, just the level of being able to suspend, I guess, like preoccupation with, uh, you know, details and all that stuff. Not that those aren't important at times, but the way that she's just in this moment, like I'm free, I'm here. And if God's inviting it, I know he'll provide. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just really evident um, particularly I, for anyone who's in a place of discernment or question of future, which is pretty much all of our students, um, <laughs> you know, to be able to be like, okay, God will provide what I need right now. I can trust that. And, and, and he'll provide exactly what I need for that moment, not for the future. And so like, right. you know, like he, he provided the, the bus ticket for when she was ready to go. You know, he provided the, the place to stay when she got here. He provided the first person who formed her and formed her ability to minister to, you know, the sick and the dying whenever she, you know, had her, her first case with Babe and that one of mm-hmm. her, her first patients, um, patient residents. Um, yeah, just, I guess what I'm trying to communicate is that in every point, point of her story, you can tell how she was living this radical trust and how that, that led to the next step. Like yeah. it's, it was right what she needed at the time and it led to the next thing. And it's hard for us to see that in our own life, I think is what I was reflecting yes. on. Like it's easy when someone tells a story of what's happened in the last 15 years of their life, 10 years, I guess. Um, to see God's providence over it all, but it's it's much more difficult, I think, for us in the moment to have that same type of trust that leads to those kind of crazy stories, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, so. I want to want to get into that a little bit because <clears throat> what comes to mind is like the 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 knee jerk reaction to like dive into the culture and like what makes uh, at a cultural level like it difficult to lean in and to trust God's providence and the the messages and 
information and mindset that we're fed that's very contrary. And then just really to dive in personally of like, what are the inner narratives and thoughts that I hear and that I tell myself that are contrary to Providence? And then see if that sparks anything for you. And then if not, we can move into the next thing. But so we have like at a cultural level, we, t- we could talk about this all day. <laughs> you have literally it's There's just so much ammo. it's it's yeah. easy it's so easy god leaning into god's providence is the is so counter uh, america and counter uh like independence and like if you work hard enough you can achieve anything and like invest for the future and uh, like pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and no one's gonna help you if you don't help yourself like there, there, there's a lot of things and some of those things are true or are half truths and not the full truth and it makes it tricky but but uh we just do not live at a societal level in a way that is um okay with just today and trusting that god will provide for my tomorrow the more i lean into him and trust him and spend time with him and follow him and in a way, the the call of discipleship, the call of discipleship is um, when the Lord says, "Come, follow me." The invitation is, "Do I believe that that the Lord will supply and meet all of my desires and my wants and my needs, mm-hmm. and can I trust Him?" So that's the call. So so for me personally, then away from the culture, it's like, what do I hear and feel? Um, when I'm, when I'm struggling and I feel stretched and I feel like I'm dropping the ball, my, the, the, the internal reaction I have is not, whoa, Lord, like you got this, you're taking care of me. You're going to, you're going to work in me. Usually the instinctive, um, kind of impulse or, or, or thought process I go through is, is kind of what I've heard in other places from other people too, is like, okay, I'm alone, I'm overwhelmed and it's up to me to fix this and I have to do something to get it right. And, um, and I feel like that's such a, a, a normal thing. Like things are going poorly in school or relationships or at home or in work or in a, a number of different areas financially. And it's like, okay, no one's going to help you with this. You got to figure it out. And if you don't figure it out, uh, you're going to let people down. You're going to let yourself down. And the, the deep thoughts you have about yourself or other people have about you are going to, are going to come true. Um, if you don't fix this. So like, I, I think for me, I, I've felt those things at different times. And so to hear a message that is saying, no, God is not only proud of you, but he loves you and he delights in you and he wants to give you good things and doesn't want to dangle them in front of you. So you just work harder. Um, it's not waiting just to give you good things once you, um, you know, put on a habit or start praying the rosary every day or whatever it is. But God in his goodness sees you in your goodness that's from him and desires to give you good things because he loves you mm-hmm. and will supply for your needs. It's just, it's a different, um, a totally different mindset, especially in moments of weakness, especially in moments of weakness. So, yeah. Yeah. I kind of like the phrase that was coming to mind as you're talking about this is just orphan spirit. Mm-hmm. Like the, the feeling of like, if, if I, you know, the pervasive kind of, again, going for me at the cultural level to the personal, the pervasive, my encounter or experience of the culture is just that, um, that we live in in the world today, and particularly in America, in a, in a, in a special way, it's just this this sense of like if you know if I'm not doing it, if I'm not hustling, like if I'm not doing a thing, yeah. like nothing's gonna happen. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times, what's crazy too is like it becomes personal when it's reinforced by the experience of like that. Mm. So you have a time where like you trusted someone something and they they fail, and you're right. like, I have to do everything myself. Yep. You know, or, or it's reinforced by like, you know, you didn't you know try to 
plan out some kind of budget for something ahead of time and then you wind up like losing money or you know so there's, there's many mm-hmm. experiences that reinforce this um because we've been taught that that's the solution whereas i think like yeah something on the personal level like i fall into this all the time um from the angle of just like yeah being preoccupied with anxiety like just kind of allowing everyone talk anxiety is is probably one of the most used words in the world today you know i would imagine like it's got to be like if i don't know if there's a stat for this but if you were to take you know all the the media if there was some kind of machine that could calculate all the words that are said on podcasts <laughs> and yeah. the news and you know and just tv shows and all that like anxiety's got to be in the top five huge, huge. you know and i think it's because like that orphan spirit and the feeling that we have to, to control everything. Again, the kind of the rugged individualism of, of American, you know, lore. Um, and for me, I feel it in that sense of like, I, because, you know, there's something good here. If I don't do it, like, I'm a failure. Like, everything's going to fail. Um, whereas there's this beautiful, like, union of, of when you look at the person of Christ, which is like complete trust and complete <clears throat> gift. Like, yeah, he's given. <laughs> he, you know, the, the incarnation is the definition of, like, giving it all, right? Like, um, you know, love till the end. Like, true perseverance of love. Like, the fact that God would not abandon his, his people and he would come and he would dwell and be with us. And then he would take on our sin and, like, bear it on his shoulders and, and take it to the cross yeah. and, like, die in our stead. Um, and, you know, and all, and all these things, like, that is, like, this complete perseverance. And But at the same time, right, you see that level of, like, self-gift and perseverance not at odds at all with the complete and radical abandonment to the father's will and like trust in divine providence and i think that like yeah in my kind of issue is it's it's to try to do all the things be like i'm gonna persevere but like in the state of anxiety because i don't trust the father's gonna provide in in that you know like it's like Mm -hmm. it's a detached uh it's kind of what you're talking about the half truth it's like it's a detached picture of christ because i have the idea of like gift self-gift to the end perseverance but i've but i've like twisted it in such a way that it's somehow absent from like deep relation and and reliance upon god for strength yeah you know like it's just on me and then and then that's why i get frustrated and burnt out right and it just perpetuates i need to do more you know so it's like this like um yeah it's so twisted again with everything seemingly that the things that the devil attacks the most it seems like are those things that are like there's always something happening when it's closest to the truth, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, it makes me think, there's two things that makes me think. The first is like Adam and Eve in the garden, and it's like they're, they're provided for, not only like in, in physical ways, but relational ways, spiritual ways, they're close to God. And and what they're, what they're invited into by the devil is to make something happen that's already happened, and that's already yeah, happening, right? Yeah. And so it's like, like, oh, if you just take this upon yourself and you you take an action that's not being like God is not going to give you something. You have to take the action yourself, yep. and and that's as soon as, as you know they, they lose the relationship with Him in a special way. They we uh, lose a, they have a break in relationship with each other. Shame enters the picture. So here's what I want to talk about. Here's really what's coming to mind for the second thing is in the story of Adam and Eve. One of my favorite verses has always been this and, I, and I, I as i like reflect on it more and more it's because it's so powerful what we're talking about but it's when uh god calls out to adam and says where are you and adam comes out and says i, I was naked and i was afraid so i hid i hid and and what, what what the lord says right there is one of my favorites he says who told you that you were naked um and i love that because 
what the Lord is is pointing out there is that that is not something that was originally intended. Not only like the nakedness, but the shame. So who who is the first person to to bring about or to speak this shame? Who's the first person to give you that experience of shame that made you hide? And so when you talk about an orphan spirit, it's it's this like I I hide uh, because I'm I feel ashamed of what I have done or not done, and so I hide from God. And what what healing, restoration, adoption look like looks like is the Lord saying who who told you that you that you were naked. So like what this means like for me, what I have recently been reflecting on a lot is. Uh, what it looks like to grow out of this orphan spirit, out of this place of feeling alone into relationship and adoption to allow Jesus to heal and touch places of your life is to realize, okay, there, um, everyone has experiences of like being triggered, right? And, and being like, like they, we all lash out at certain things or shut down at certain things. And it's different from the people around us, right? So each of us have certain areas super raw sensitive areas that if they're just touched even lightly boom a whole bunch of walls and coping mechanisms come up and things like that those are often the places that are filled with with shame in different ways right so and those are the places that have bought on the orphan spirit of i'm alone nobody cares i'm by myself i have to prove myself i have to make it work and i'm not and i hate that i can't and then i'm not and other people think that i'm x y or z right so and sometimes those are like distant memories from years ago sometimes those are recent experiences that we kind of shut away and so we each have these like raw tender places of the orphan spirit like the uh, filled with shame and insecurity but then we all have kind of walls built around that so it's not touched and those are the coping mechanisms right so for instance if um, if you become anxious about something maybe one of the coping mechanisms is to become extra structured right to yeah. to make a list of 15 things you're going to do and how you're going to do it and you do them and you feel a little bit better but not really another one is you become critical with other people maybe like maybe you start lashing out and saying well you're not doing this you're not doing this and, and really it's because it's touching that raw spot maybe another one is you become fearful and you just give up because there's a part of you that a wall coping mechanism that it would rather have you give up now than try and be discouraged later uh, maybe there's a, another part uh, of you that um, just the coping, me- coping mechanism is to put a fake smile on when things are hard and, and try to ignore it and push that thing away, right? So we all have like kind of a, a place in our heart, multiple, multiple places in our heart that are orphan spirit, that I'm alone, that no one cares, no one stops to see me, no one can see me for how I'm doing, no one's in tune with what I'm feeling or with, with what I thought. And so I have these walls built up around it that allow me to move forward and kind of push this thing away and, and deal with it later. But we all have these moments of being triggered where that, that, small part of us the orphan spirit of being feeling left alone and having to figure it out and the pressure that comes from that when it gets touched that we become very sensitive so what it what it what this thing looks like is is like what deep healing looks like is is to ask the lord to bring those things to mind and to let him in even past the walls of the the rigidity the criticism the fear um the the fake smile that kind of stuff to the heart of those memories and those experiences to to be brought out of an orphan spirit and to learn that you have a good father that wants to take care of you and that does see you and that has always seen you. So that's what something that comes to mind. Yeah. As you're saying that, it just is this image of like, kind of connecting it to the providence thing. It's like, man, we all need healing because because if we don't experience healing, then we're not able to stress. Like that's that's the right. Big, that's uh, it. Yeah. You know, like when you look in the garden again, going back to the garden, right? What does the catechism say famously about this? Right, mm-hmm. man. Let his trust in his creator die in his heart. Mm-hmm. So there's this this sense in which like the 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 trust 
was broken and it caused the wound, um, or maybe the wound happened and caused the, you know, whatever. But, um, but there's a sense in which those two are intrinsically linked, like the wound and lack of trust. And so essentially like the wound being healed is, is, is both the restoration of freedom and it's the restoration of actually being able to, to experience like, Absolutely. That, like, trust with God. Absolutely. And I think like, again, that is so connected because that's, that is the whole definition of this thing of buying into divine providence. Like to really believe that God at every moment has not forgotten me, that he's not like, mm. you know, decided that he has better plans than me. Mm. Um, but at every moment that he looks at me from the cross, when I look at a crucifix and says like, I did this for you. You know, and like I continue to persevere with you, like I, you know, and I invite you to like trust deeper. You know, it's it's Revelation three twenty. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. Um, I think I actually added of your heart, but you can you can you can interpret that that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's this it's this reality that like that God desires um, for us to to be restored to trust of Him. Like that's yeah, the whole point so of the incarnation. True. You know, as the restoration of trust, the, the kind of healing of our wound of sin, um, and to bring us back into a place of like real um, walking with Him in the mm. garden, like like so they good. presumably did before. You know, with that comment, like where you know, where are you? Like He's like there at that mm-hmm. time of the day when you can assume they would have walked, and He's not. And Adam's not there; He's hiding. Um, he wants that that intimate walking with again. Yeah. And and you see that so powerfully in the story of someone like Sister Maria, like that, like. She's just walking with God. You know, yeah. she's like, all right, you know, this is what's next. And like, I trust that God will provide for it. And so yeah. I'm just going to walk with him here. Even if I don't understand where we're going or, mm. you know, even if I might want to grasp at this or that, it'll make me feel safer. Like I just trust that God's going to take care of it mm-hmm. um, and that he's going to use me how he wants to. And like, that will be enough. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll be with me how he wants to. And that's enough. Um, so good. Yeah. You're, you're so right. So when I, when I think about like, so always kind of bring this back to like the work that you and I do to ministry or to parenting, to friendships. Like, like what is, what is the call, the invitation, the, the vocation of like following God in the ways that we are is, is really that first step of like, what does it look like to build trust again in his people? Like, what does it look like um, to help people come to know the Lord, love the Lord, trust in his providence is really um, to build a relationship of trust which is why like so often people can feel used, they can feel like abandoned, they can be they can walk away with, with a lot of experiences and relationships that are painful. So to to be a pure presence of the Lord in someone's life, like to love them in an unconditional way that's free from like shame and and pain and and use and those kinds of things ends up being so restorative for a person to to be able to trust again. Um I think a lot of times what Jesus says to like to Nicodemus that always comes to mind like with what it looks like to live well is like when Jesus says um, like if if you do not believe about earthly things how can you believe about heavenly things and I just I, I constantly go back to that of like if if we're able to build relationships with people where they are able to trust again like and trust us like that becomes a natural and supernatural bridge for them to become able to trust God again um, yeah. and the Lord wants to give us the grace to build those kind of relationships. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Um, <laughs> I was laughing because when you said that, I was just thinking of this how, this sermon I heard from a pastor once, where he was calling out like and the importance of like keeping your word and integrity and mm. stuff like that. And he's like, "You're gonna try to share the gospel with people and tell them that you know the most important thing that's ever happened, and you and you want them to believe that they should completely give their lives to something, but you're not able to show up like." for something you've committed to or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, this is not like a condemning thing because I, I struggle with this and I'm trying to get better at it. But 
it was his whole point was kind of like the same thing of what you're saying of like, you know, if you if you aren't able to communicate that in a, in a earthly means, like yeah. how are they going to receive the heavenly yeah. means? And it got God provides. Like yeah. obviously, He makes He. This whole thing is about He provides for our mistakes, man. Uh, but it's it's also what you're saying. This level, level too, conversely, is like if we are desiring to heal yeah. trust on a human level, like God will use Oof. that. And, and bring it to, to supernatural. I hope this is something we actually talk about in future podcasts is like the human formation. Like this is a big shift that's happening within mission organizations, within like counseling, seminary. within seminary. Like they've they've basically dropped the apologetics. So like the generation before us that was really um, like adherent to apologetics and that was like the main way to come to know God, express God. Like now it's through human formation. So it is like these earthly means. Like what does it mean to have good and healthy relationships? What does it mean to uh, like have a healthy level of trust in relationships and, and a healthy level of interdependence and um, yeah, like good mental, emotional, like relational, spiritual health? Like, what does that look like? And to live well because we actually believe, like Aquinas said, that grace builds on nature. So, what does it look like to have a good nature, to have a strong and healthy nature? So, yeah, hopefully that'll be something we can talk about because that's just, that's been coming up a lot recently. Human formation. Human formation. Human formation. I mean, yeah, and on just a simple way, it's it's, it's actually just a profound belief that God made the world that we live in. And so the kind of the rules and the ways in which we interact with the world, like, are are, are by design. And so, Mm -hmm. like, if we're rejecting that design, it's hard to accept this, you know, like if if we're rejecting the the natural way that God made the world and and what that means for us and our life and our, our, our habits and our you know, interactions with people and our ability, you know, all that stuff, then how, like, there's like a block where now all of a sudden we don't desire to like see him present and like grow in the ability to live with him in those things. How are we going to like do it for the deeper, like, you know, spiritual The invisible things. Right, right. Um, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, baby. Coming back. Being, being born again. Being born again. It's good. Right now in this room. Hey, what's up? He's not here. <laughs> uh, this is a good, a good stop point, probably. But, yes. Um, you guys, seriously, just a quick plug. Uh, if you're listening to this and you and you don't know much about Sister Maria or, or her ministry, um, just such an amazing ministry and so open to having people experience and walk oh, with yeah. them and walk with their residents as they're you know helping them transition from from this life to the next. Many yeah. people who you know need care or um, need someone to take them in and often don't have the means to provide for those and specifically people normally with like medical conditions or things of that nature mm-hmm. that, that are probably, um, they're most likely in their last months, years of life. Um, and so if, if you haven't heard of her, you can you can definitely, you can search in, in Google or whatever search engine you use. Uh, use Bing still. Anyway, you can search, you can just search um, Gospel of Life um, disciples um, you can do gospel life disciples OKC gold house okay it'll, it'll come up and they have a website with all their information a volunteer tab where you can like go and, and fill out you know a form and they'll contact you um, they have three houses I think and um, if that's still current one in South OKC one in uh, more and then one in um, Dallas so yeah yeah please look them up please get involved with their ministry they're amazing and we're so grateful that sister Maria was able to yes. be with us and just um, yeah she's a continued blessing to all she's of us. a saint among us for sure For sure. All right. Bye. Peace. Sam, if you thank you for your hard work. Uh, If this doesn't make in the bloopers, that's okay. But I just want the people to know that um, that we use a trash can as as our stand. Yeah, uh, which really reflects the state of our soul. Oh, I was gonna say the state of the podcast, but oh, well, maybe (laughs) maybe both. Por qué no las dos?